Hello there, everybody. This is episode number 133 for Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020, the day after the big snowfall that introduced us to the month of December 2020. And boy, what a huge contrast between the day before and when we flipped our calendars over to the month of December, right? Well, I am your host, Andre Bernier. I'm the creator and host of the Weather Jazz Podcast, and I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And I decided to put a very quick episode together just to recap for posterity's sake, uh, the snowfall that we just recently uh, came through. Obviously, today, being Wednesday, it was a day of bright sunshine. It was a day of recovery and uh, basically a chance to really catch our breaths. Now, some of us really seeing a, a rather significant snowfall in a short period of time. Officially at the airport, we ended up with, uh, let's see, I believe it's 9.5 inches of snow in a 24-hour period at Hopkins Airport. There were plenty of places that saw double that easily. But at the airport, I mean, that's a significant synoptic scale event for Hopkins Airport. As it turns out, when you take a look at all of the snowfalls that have occurred at Hopkins Airport from 1940 to present day dates, we actually ended up in the number 12, I'm sorry, the number 15 position, number 15 position, 15th largest single day snowfall greater than nine inches at Hopkins Airport. Uh, Scott Sable was able to come up with a number of interesting facts when we kind of break it all down. And uh, he left the information for me here at the Fox 8 Studios. So I thought I'm going to put this out there so that you could enjoy the stats, maybe take a few notes for those of you who enjoy stats and that kind of thing. And we are so grateful that Scott Sable is an amazing stats guy uh, here at Fox 8. Certainly serves us all very, very well. And where he gets the time to do that, I don't know. Because on the morning show, he is the morning show meteorologist Monday through Friday. He has a weather hit every eight minutes. Uh, I think beginning at 5 a.m. and going until 7.30 at the very, very least. So, suffice to say, um, he is a busy guy when you factor in on top of that all of these great stats that he gives us. Now, I'm going to return to that list in just a little bit. And the list actually uh, turns out to be 22 times long. So, essentially... Uh, since records began in 1940, there have only been 22 snowfalls greater than 9 inches. And we're approaching, essentially, a century's worth of data. Uh, again, I'm going to return to that in just a bit. But right now, what I want to do is just give you a quick little summary uh, of how much snow fell in backyards across the area. I'm going to start with the core, the core, the place where the synoptic scale and a little bit of lake effect pushed levels well past a foot. 
Now, there may be a few places that may have seen a little bit more than this. We heard of a few unofficially, but these are some of our trusted web weather spies that occasionally will give us a little insight as to what's happening into their backyards. So the greatest amounts occurred in Mayfield Heights and in Chesterland. Both places received 19 inches of snow and I can vouch for those figures because I'm only about a mile or two from Chesterland and uh, so my backyard also teeming with snow we ended up with about 18 inches in my place so 19 inches Mayfield Heights Chesterland 18 inches Rock Creek and that would be in Ashtabula County roaming uh, shores also Jefferson right in the middle of Ashtabula County with 16 inches I'm going to return to Jefferson here in just a second because of an interesting contrast. Uh, South Euclid, 15 inches. Parma, 12. 10 inches in Streetsboro. 10 inches in Brunswick. 5 inches in Mansfield. And uh, way down in Clinton, Ohio, uh, only 2 inches and 2 inches in Conneaut. No, hang on just a second. 2 inches in Conneaut. Did you catch that? because Conneaut is really just a stone's throw from Jefferson, which received 16 inches. So how can that be? Between 16 and 2 inches? Is that accurate? You bet. Remember, Conneaut is right up against the shoreline, and at this time of year at the Lake Erie, water temperature is still warm enough where a lot of the precip stayed mixed with enough rain to really inhibit the uh, level of accumulation. Okay, enough of that. Let's uh, get to today because we mentioned on the air yesterday that today would be filled with sunshine. Now, it would be cold in the 30s, but the sunshine, as low of an angle it is in the sky, producing long shadows all day and really not as effective in warming things up in terms of the atmosphere, the sun is still a very powerful force. It produces shortwave radiation, which when it hits darker objects, converts that energy to longwave radiation. Basically, it converts it to heat from the shortwave radiation that travels through the, um, the space between the sun and the earth because there's nothing for it to warm up. It's energy. It travels to earth. It hits something dark especially, and it converts it to heat. And so that's what was happening today when you had these clumps of snow, which, by the way, was very wet. That's one of the reasons why it was sticking to everything. And today, that long-wave radiation released from the sun, the conversion from the short-wave radiation, was enough to start seeing those uh, big piles of snow on branches, on high-tension power cables, on television uh, cables that run from telephone poles to your house. It all came down. And it seemed to be coming down like rain. Uh, so if you notice that today, that was what was going on with that very, very bright sunshine. Yep, low in the sky. Didn't really warm things up today for the atmosphere, but it was just enough really to convert energy to the heat that the branches and the power lines needed to get rid of that snow. And that's a good thing because that snow was heavy. 
It was very wet. The water content was very high. And uh, the result is that it was extremely heavy. heavy, And that's why uh, we saw so much uh, in the uh, damage reports with trees down, with branches down, and even power lines down. All right, let's return back to this list that Scott uh, gave us. And this list includes, again, the 22 times since 1940 that Hopkins Airport has had at least nine inches of snow in a 24-hour period. And we ranked number 15 in that list, uh, 9.5 inches. Number 14 is 10 inches. That was back in 1974. It goes all the way up to the number one spot, 17.4 inches at Hopkins Airport. That was in, uh, actually, 1913. Uh, So the downtown location was used at that point. So uh, Scott did include that data. So it was not only since 1940 to present, but uh, if there were dates that went before 1940, he did include them, and those observations were taken at the Downtown National Weather Service Station back then. And those uh, records began in 1871, went to 1940 before it moved out to the airport. Now, with this list comes another very interesting stat. And Scott decided to take this one step further. And he thought, okay, let's take the snowfall that occurred and let's see how long it took for the snowpack to disappear. And so he has a list of days. Now, that number one period is an interesting one. That was the one in 1913. Now, that occurred very early in November, November 10th. And uh, that occurred uh, producing 17.4 inches in a 24-hour period. That's downtown Cleveland now. So how long did it take for that to melt off to either a trace or zero? And the answer is a relatively short uh, period of time, only because it was early November. It was only four days, and it was gone. However, as we look at the rest of these, number two, three, four, five, six, all the way down to the number 15 year, and that's this year, 2020, we notice that the number of days uh, averages quite high. The longest stretch was 1978. No surprise there. After a 10.4-inch snowfall on January the 20th, we didn't see the ground at Hopkins Airport for 54 days. It took 54 days for that snowpack to disappear because we actually added to it after that. The second longest was a 30-day melt-off, and that was in 1995. And that began on December the 19th when we had 12 inches of snow. Again, 30 days later, we did end up with just a trace of snowfall. So what's the average? The average time between a 9-inch snowfall in one 24-hour period to the time we see it disappear? 27 days. Let's see if uh, that is going to be the case this time around. We certainly are going to see a colder than normal period. Uh, I make reference to the episode just before this, episode number 132. You can either listen to it or actually watch it. Me and Scott Sable discussing that on weatherjazz.com. So give that a look-see. And we'll wait to see how long this one 
takes. Uh, one more note. I also want to continue to point out episode number 130. It's my special interview with one of Iceland's biggest pop stars, Jon Jonsson. It looks like John Johnson, and we would pronounce that, but they pronounce J's in Iceland as a Y sound. So it's Jon Jonsson, and uh, just a delightful, delightful gentleman. He mentioned that one of the things that he would be doing is working on a Christmas song that he would be releasing um, that he wrote for Johanna Guthrun. And uh, she was the second runner-up of Eurovision 2009, and she's from Iceland. And I have actually... Uh, taken that song and putting it uh, put it in the special playlist Spotify playlist that I have available on weatherjazz.com if you look at the show notes from episode number 130 and you remember listening to Jan Jonsson's uh, plans about releasing a Christmas song well it's up there now it's in the number 12 slider position Go check it out. It's by Johan Guthrun, and the name of the song is Longu Litnar Degar, which means Long Gone Days. It's really a beautiful, beautiful song. I messaged uh, Jon this morning uh, that it was just a gorgeous song, and I said, is this the song that, that you're making reference to in the show notes? And he said, yes, it is. I'm glad you like it. Uh, go check it out. Uh, and if you're looking for my Spotify playlist, it is in my show notes of episode number 130 at weatherjazz.com. Well, that'll do it for today. Hope you enjoyed all the interesting information. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I want you to help me spread the word about this podcast and your sphere of influence, social media, word of mouth, email, whichever way. Just send people to weatherjazz.com. Or you can give them a link to the podcast through your favorite podcast app. And I do recommend that you subscribe so that you will automatically get new episodes as uh, I produce them and as I upload them. Special thanks to those of you that have partnered to support Weather Jazz to further and expand future episodes and the frequency and the topics covered. They include Christine Barnes in Ohio, Bill Martin, Florida, Andrea Rich in Tennessee, Neil and Don Manassa in Virginia, and O'Keefe's maker of working hands and healthy feet, that's a good thing to have on hand at this time of year, especially after a big snowstorm like that and with the cold air currently overhead and as a part of our next week, week and a half at least. Uh, if you'd like to partner with Weather Jazz, consider becoming a monthly Weather Jazz supporter. You're going to find the link at the bottom of every episode at weatherjazz.com. And if you have a question or a topic suggestion or an overall comment, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And now also via text or voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. The number is 1-234-525-5888. Great number, easy to remember. 234-525-5888. Well, we'll see you soon with a, a great episode that I'm going to be working on here in the next few days. 
His name is Gunnar Gunnarsson, and he has been a friend now for the last couple of years. He lives in Reykjavik, Iceland, and he's a pastor of a church called Lofstofan, and we'll talk more about that. But also, because we are approaching the shortest day of the year and the darkest period of time in Iceland, almost 24 hours of dark, we'll ask him about not only that, but also what it's like to see the northern lights a lot. And, of course, the sun has been somewhat active. We'll ask him what that has been like so far this year. That'll be our next episode, episode number 134, that I'll probably uh, get into your hands early next week. So we'll catch you next go-around right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe.